Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers Sunday Sermon Shorts Christian Post Five Stages of Abuse Teach Your Teens to Avoid Toxic Relationships Okay, so let me just say, uh, great headline and great thought, great idea. I'm all for teaching teens and adults the signs of toxic relationships. And when you are in a toxic relationship, you should avoid it. I'm in favor of that. In fact, I think that these points that they make are valid. So, just at a kind of an external level, I'm with them on this. This is a valid list that we're about to go over. However, it is also an example how non-self-aware Christians are. Now, none of us are terribly self-aware. You know, we have eyes facing forward. They don't face inward. So it's easy for us to see the flaws of other people, harder to see the flaws of ourselves. And I think emotionally it works the same way. You know, we can we can sense the problems with other people. We have trouble sensing our own problems. We don't have a lot of inward focusing senses. And so we, we need to all work on that. But I think that religion takes away whatever inward focus you could have <laughs> and, and does more damage to that. So it's really, really hard for people caught up in religion to be self-aware. And so we end up with, well, what seems like hypocrisy and double standards and just a lot of blind spots. <laughs> I'm going to link this article. I want you to read it all. I'm going to fly through these. Here are the uh, five points, and then he concludes it with kind of four conclusions. So uh, let's let's go ahead and get started. The crack that gets you hooked. All right. So for this writer, the crack that gets you hooked is that in those initial moments of attraction, where everything is fun and cool, and you get that, you know, that big dopamine hit. And everything seems perfect, almost too too good to be true. You feel special because of the attention that this person is lavishing on you. You feel chosen because of this attention that's being lavished on you. Now, just pause and think about the Christian descriptions of God's relationship. You enter relationship with God. His spirit is poured out upon you. You have this, this intense feeling of being special because God is so intimate with you and you feel chosen. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> the, the description of the relationship with God. Point number two, the affection that fakes a bond. So uh, this author... Uh, talks about two types of fake bonds. The first type is physical. Since God is not physical, we can't directly relate to that. But uh, I mentioned a dopamine hit earlier, and dopamine is quite physical. Emotional manipulation is 
quite physical. And so that's one way to fake a bond that gives a person the, uh, the illusion of a deep connection in a healthy, committed, long-term, safe relationship. But as the writer uh, says, physical affection increases emotional connection. And that's true. So the, the more that dopamine hit is triggered by a person, the more connection you feel is there. But it's false. The second type of uh, abuse fakes. Uh, let me let me just read this paragraph. Uh, the second type of abuse, uh, fake bonding, is mostly popular in strongly religious environments, and uh, is rooted in the facade of hyper spiritual connection. Uh, he goes on to say, in conservative and fundamental religious circles, young people may be discouraged or even forbidden from physical contact. Hello, BYU. But they pray together, study together, Bob Jones University, or uh, talk about deep spiritual topics at length, forming an intense bond. All right. This is at least a little bit of self-awareness. But isn't that exactly what we are encouraged to do with God? Because you can't just reach out and give God a physical hug. And so we study what we think is are his words. Christians do this. They, they pray constantly. Uh, they are constantly trying to form a closer spiritual connection with his being. But that is not the same thing as a real relationship with deep commitment and genuine integrity, warns the writer. And yet, the writer, as close as they come in, in this particular paragraph to self-awareness, doesn't realize that they have just described how Christians teach you to relate to God. <laughs> and uh, so that's, uh, that's one of the warning signs. Number three, um, the withdrawal that makes you insecure. This is definitely a hallmark of abusive relationships. Uh, this first paragraph here, this is where the abuser in the relationship starts to pull away. But instead of asking, hmm, why are they not committed? You ask yourself, what did I do wrong? Right? And that is exactly how we are taught to understand God's behavior when he pulls away from us. We think to ourselves, man, we had this, this real good thing going. We had this close relationship. God was, was right there with me all the time, and I could feel his spirit uh, in 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 me and with me at all times and suddenly he's not there anymore i don't i don't feel that anymore you know what we don't get to ask we don't get to ask why god 
is not committed to us. Instead, we are forced to ask, what did I do wrong? What did, what did, I, what did I do wrong? And the only sense where you can ask, you know, what is God doing? Why is he pulling away from me? Is when it's followed up by the answer of, I must have done something wrong. And you're back to, what did I do wrong? That is exactly the relationship with God that's being described here. All right, signs of uh, an abusive relationship. Number four, the manipulation that gets you to take the blame. This hardly needs any magnification on my part, but I, um, I just fully agree. And I just have to say that when someone hits you or verbally abuses you or emotionally abuses you, in some way abuses you, you should not feel guilty as if you did something wrong. You did not do anything wrong. But we're, we're kind of taught to think that, man, they're, they're hurting you because they love you. And, and they want what's best for you. Right? That's, that's God, isn't it? That's God. He, he tells Adam and Eve, you know, you ate of this fruit, so I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you're, you're going to surely die and all of creation is going to fall. And it's because of you. It's, it's your fault. You did this, Adam and Eve. And so they have to now live a life of guilt because they brought down the entire universe. <laughs> and when God beats you, punishes you, abandons you to your enemies, leaves you uh, sick or injured and feeling like you don't have a friend in the world, it's you. And he wouldn't do that if he didn't love you. He wouldn't kill you if he didn't love you. <laughs> right? And that's God. Let's see, number five. The cruelty that makes you think you deserve it. You know what? Um, we've, we've talked about that already. So I'm just going to move on to the four points of his conclusion. Uh, he says, culture tells us that this is how we do relationship. And he lists these four things. We confuse conflict with passion. Yeah, you know, those, those hot Italian tempers where everybody is screaming at each other. That's, that's not dysfunctional. That's just passion. <laughs> right? Uh, when, when God acts out in, in excessive ways, it's just, it's passion. That's how passionate he is for you. Uh, we confuse vacillation with romantic chase. That's right. God is with you one moment and leaves you feeling abandoned the next. And why does he do that? Uh, well, some Christians would say directly, so that you will seek him even more. Yeah, check. Um, number three, we confuse loyalty with lack of boundaries. Boy, isn't that the case with God? If you love God, you commit to him fully 100%. Everything, anything and everything he asks you to do, you do without question. There are no boundaries. There's no place in your life where you can say, okay, God, you can have everything, but not this. 
No, no, no. To love God, it must be without boundaries. Number four, we confuse connection with infatuation. Yeah, I got this this spiritual connection, right? And so I guess it's love. I mean, if, if, if God didn't love me so much, then why would I even have this connection at all? Yeah, everything about this article screams a warning sign for Christians in their relationships with God. Because the one entity, real or imagined, that I can think of that fits every one of these criteria perfectly is the God of the Bible. And so I agree with this author. Recognize the signs of a toxic relationship with God and get the hell out of it. All right, that's enough for today. I'm out.